Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rick Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. I'm rocking Cinco Romero, David Starr. Support Russell Talk. You are watching Russell Talk. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support Russell Talk. Support Russell Talk and please subscribe now. Support Russell Talk. Do it. Support all Support me. Support Russell Talk. Support Russell Talk. Support Russell Talk. Because we talk about wrestling, and I like it. Support Russell Talk. Go subscribe. Support Russell Talk. Call on Lou Gowen. Whatever Russell Talk is, and whoever Lou Gowen is, vote the Ravens. Nevermore. Russell Talk. Russell Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chopper Pequinell and I am joined by El Fakador, Laurie Blake. Hi. Hey, mate. How's it going? Uh, yeah, very well, thank you. Good. This is the last time we're actually going to be doing the podcast together for a little bit because Luke mm. is very selfishly going away to Japan, mm-hmm. uh, which means I'm going over to the AEW side of things with yeah. Ollie for a little bit for Traitor. a couple weeks. Which is really sucks. Am this I was... doing this with Simon? Yeah, you're doing it with Simon. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, more, so even like... more of yeah, you and Simon. Me and Simon all the time. Yeah. I live uh... with him. I work with him. <laughs> it's getting on my nerves, frankly. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Which is a real shame because of what happened in this episode of NXT. Yeah, I really want to see the follow-up. sucker. <laughs> <laughs> Loser. I know. Um, but we'll get into that. No, in the you can go over to AEW. But... You can find out what's happening with Chris Jericho. <laughs> oh, I want Chris so much. I mean, I get the combination Boring. of the... <laughs> I get the combination of the tag team tournament, right? Yeah, that's, that's something I get. Yay. Yeah. I mean, I watched what, Lucha um... Bros versus SCU? I think so, yeah. We've seen that before. <laughs> Well, I, I did actually get time today to check out the, uh, what was it, the Lucha Bros versus Private Party match mm. that kicked off Dynamite. That was a very fun match. Mm-hmm. That was a great match. Um, it's very spotty. Might, might, be my, might be my lunchtime watch. Yeah. Might not watch bouldering videos this lunchtime. I might, watch, I might watch Private Party versus that, Lucha Bros. That 
is unprecedented. You not watching bouldering videos yeah, just or like parkour watch, I just videos. Like watching people climb stuff. Yeah. Um, well, we've got an email here from uh, Luke Chador, who said, "Hey guys, you may be wondering why is WrestleTalk's resident fairy emailing into the Burger King Pete Quinnell? Well, here's why. I'd like to hear your guys' picks on your top five underutilized talent in NXT and your top five most disliked slash overpushed talents on the same brand. My top five most most underused NXT talents are ACH, Asias Scott, Tainara Conti, Casey Catanzaro. What happened to her? And last but not least." Wesley Blake, my personalized dislike, my personal disliked stars of the NXT brand. These are heavily controversial. He put that, not me. Said, Io Shirai, what? Bianca Belair, what? Alexander Wolfe, mm. Killian Dane, and finally Cameron Grimes's hat. Fair bloody. Camera that hat. stupid hat. Uh, thank you for reading out this email on the Wrestle. Don't mention the Ramble Experience Talk Live <laughs> podcast. The Lucha for Luke Chador. Thank you for your email, thank Luke you Chador. Thank you very much. Um, honestly, I'd say there's a lot of people that if I want to see them do well, they do well in NXT. There's not mm-hmm. too many people I'm like, why aren't they getting pushed? Because yeah. generally NXT treats them pretty well. Uh, weirdly, Fandango... I'd really like to see him do like a singles run as like a more serious character. Oh my god, I'd like to see the whole of Breeze well, Dango yeah, obviously have that. that. But yeah, just in general, I think Fandango is a really, really good wrestler. Mm. Not, I, I'm not going to say he's you know top of the card kind of thing, but I think if he could get like a North American title push as like a serious singles wrestler, I think he could be really, really good. Uh, I think. Um... I kind of agree with the Jordan Miles, ACH, mm-hmm. and Swerve. Uh, Swerve yeah. seems like he's actually getting some sort of push mm-hmm. from this week. They that I felt like the, this week's match was all about him, really. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what's happened with Jordan Miles. He's just sort of dropped off the face of the earth yeah. after that one match of Adam Cole. They had that really weird tease where it looked like they might be teasing some sort of dissension between him and Keith Lee because they did a couple of backstage segments where Keith Lee was his best mate, and he was like, "Don't worry, bud." I'll be here for you, etc. But yeah. he had a weird way of saying it. So he was like, oh, yeah, I'll be watching you because you've got the NXT championship and you've been here for like a month and I've been here a year and I've not got anything. Yeah, but that was all That was all plot they dropped again when they yeah. were like, okay, well, then we're going to do that with Shane Thorne as well. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, Shane Thorne for about two weeks and they were like, no, we'll drop that again as well. Yeah. And then, yeah, then it was just we're on the live show now. So it's only what happens on the... Only what happens on the live show matters. It's like Finn Balor was wrestling this week mm-hmm. at NXT live events yeah. uh, for... For the brand yep. as babyface Finn, so mm-hmm. it's like, okay, he's not not returned to action on NXT TV yet. No, exactly. Interesting stuff. I, who else was yeah. who's overpushed? Overpushed. I don't know if I've got five people who are underpushed. I think everyone's sort of like yeah, bubbling away nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, overpushed. Maybe Riddle. Ooh, maybe, interesting. Maybe like may, uh, maybe I've had my fill of Riddle. Like, I think Riddle's. Really good. You've had your uh, fill of nope. I've had my fiddle work. of riddle. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think he's really like he's obviously incredibly talented and he's great and he's really over. But he has been on every week of NXT TV. That's true, basically. And yeah. uh, it is sort of that thing of like maybe you could have used the time where he after the Adam Cole match just give him, put him on the back burner for a bit, like mm-hmm. make him turn up once every two weeks and have a match. But he just seems to be constant momentum and it doesn't. Re- it's not really going anywhere. Mm, yeah. This is going to seem like a really weird one and possibly a very controversial one. And I definitely didn't think this at the time, but in retrospect, I think it was not great, was uh, Bobby Roode, mm. honestly. Because 
I bloody loved his theme. I loved his character. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, I didn't think he was NXT Championship material, honestly. I did not like Bobby Roode. I, th- I thought he was good as a character. I thought he was great as a character. If they had the North American title back oh, then, he would have been such a good he North American champion. He would have been a perfect North American champion. But I, I just didn't see him that way as NXT champion. Like he beat Shinsuke Nakamura clean, and I was like, what? It was a bit. <laughs> it was a bit of a weird fallow period, though, in the Rude era, mm-hmm. like of. Like NXT was still like rebuilding the kind of roster after they they just got gutted when oh, they, they were did, like they came they? in and were like we'll have Shinsuke we'll have Asuka we'll have all these people and yeah. they were just sort of like what do we do now and then yeah. they got you know then they ended up with Baszler and everyone else who's now kind of the mainstays of the brand so it it's picking back up mm-hmm. yeah but yeah that so that's possibly controversial and they're it, almost over and... they're almost overwhelmed with choice now who could be the champion yeah. who could be the champion who could be the North American champion like. Not that they need a new belt, but like, mm. I just think there's so much potential in that roster now of like amazing matches over the belts. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and it's like we we even had it in the in this week's episode. We had a triple threat for the North American Championship between three really cool guys, and the segment ended with an entire different faction and a heel turn from someone else and two other guys being involved. It's like there's so many people here. Oh, All of these guys yeah. are champion material. Like what? It's insane. Yeah. So this, uh, yeah, they have an incredible roster right now mm-hmm. but I mean come Wrestlemania time that's gonna get gutted again you'd, you'd hope not this year I'd really hope this not, year they have a much better argument to. for no yeah <laughs> we is, have a TV we're show we're on TV uh, yeah. we were doing something yeah well they've been advertising Gargano as NXT for life so let's hope that's true mm-hmm. <laughs> um, tell you what let's get into the main portion of the show I've got one more email that I'm gonna get to in the outro so um yeah, let's get into the main portion of the show where we're going to be talking about that heel turn, that thing that happened. It's mental. Can't believe it. Da doy. Da doy. Here's the main show. Let's talk about NXT. Let's talk about that heel turn that happened. So, this happened at the very, very end of the show. Um, We'll talk about the actual main event match that happened later on, which was the triple threat North American title match between Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, and Roderick Strong. That was muy bien. It was great. Um, But spoilers for that match. The end of that match ended with Roddy uh, stealing the victory, essentially. Uh, Standing tall, Undisputed Era come out. They're all buddy buds. Yay, we're great. They start beating down on Keith Lee Mm -hmm. because they're mean people, I guess. Why not? They can. Um, they stood tall and were like, hey, we're awesome, holding up their titles, prophecy still alive, etc. Out comes Tommaso Ciampa mm-hmm. with a crutch to say, hey, remember me, I'm still coming for your NXT Championship, boy. But he is outnumbered four to one. Yep. And they all look pretty, you know, pretty good standing in his face. Uh, out comes Johnny Gargano. Ooh, big DIY reunion, mm-hmm. which is cool. They have a little look, a little moment a little where they're like, okay, we're doing this other. together, fine. Yep, and then they turn to Undisputed Era and they're standing them off. And then Finn Balor's music hits. Oh, man, and now the odds are getting even here because mm-hmm. Roddy's just gone through this huge North American title match. It's basically three on three at this point. Out comes Balor, walks down to the ring. Gargano and Champa kind of separate and let him join in the middle. He kind of looks at both of them, looks at the Undisputed Era. Right, I'm ready. Goes to take his jacket off. As he's taking his jacket off, falls backwards and does a huge paler kick to Johnny Gargano. 
What? Mm-hmm. What's happening? He delivers his payload kick to Gargano. Gargano goes down. Uh, he stands in the corner while the Undisputed Era go ham on Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, he just sort of he just stands there and they and all he rush. Just stands it's there. really good. He's like it's such good framing as well because he steps in front of them, so he's like on the hard cam side, mm-hmm. and in the background you see them like jackals all just yeah. like rush Tommaso Ciampa and like it's a really good shot where they're slightly out of focus, just being like ah, yeah, and you can't even really see what they're doing. All you know is they are beating the hell out of Tommaso mm. Ciampa, and that's all that matters. All that matters is they are going ham. And Balor just stands there and lets him do it. There's a really nice moment where he and Adam Cole just kind of stare at each other. Cole's just like, okay. <laughs> and Balor's just there. Just <laughs> Bye, like, man. All right. <laughs> and Balor's just there just, yeah, do, do yep. what you want, man. Then he gets out of the ring and takes his jacket off properly in front mm-hmm. of everyone going absolutely nuts yeah. in the crowd. And he delivers this running drop kick to Johnny Gargano <laughs> that is insane. It's it, so big. He just puts him, like, he just... Johnny's leaning against the barricade on the other side, and he just runs and kicks Johnny through the damn thing into the crowd. Obviously, the crowd is wrestlers. Yeah, it's just plants. Into into a bunch of plants. But, oh, my God, it looks so good. It looked brutal. It looked so, so good. Because, obviously, like, delayed drop kits from Balor look cool anyway, but this one really felt like it had some, like, extra venom in it. It It was like, like, I'm heel now. I will hurt you. It was a proper shotgun one. Oh, yeah, it was great. There was this bit, and then there was a boom. Yeah, exactly. And and then he picks him up, and he takes him to the ramp, and he does a sort of inverted, well, like a stalling DDT. A brain buster. Brain buster. Pretty much, yeah. It was was more DDT-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he does the other one where he does it backwards, doesn't he? Yes, yeah. It was like that, but a brain buster kind of thing onto Mm -hmm. the ramp. It was Which horrible. Great. <laughs> and then, then, so then you're left with Champers down, Keith Lee and Dijak have disapparated or whatever they've mm-hmm. done. Johnny is down on the ramp, and in the ring, the Undisputed Era are all doing their hand signal, looking at him, and everyone in the crowd's going, "Do it, go on, do it, do, <laughs> do the, the do the thing." They, do they the hands. Turn do into it. Emperor Palpatine. They're just go like, on. "Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it." And then <laughs> Bala just looks up at them for a second, and there's a moment he's going to do it, and he just goes. Ah, double fingers yeah it's great so cool which obviously so obviously the big callback to Prince Devitt Mm -hmm. and New Japan and Bullet Club and all of that good good stuff all the stuff that made Finn Balor like put Finn Balor on WWE's radar all the the stuff that made them want to sign him and bring him to NXT and turn him into Finn Balor in NXT that got over so much and then went to the main roster got ruined but this is the return to form Mm -hmm. and what an interesting way to signal it as well because if you watch my news on Thursday, we're recording this on Thursday, but it was coming out Sunday. So yeah. if you watch my news on Thursday, I said that like Finn tweeted saying, I'm back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gallo, uh, sorry, Anderson and AJ both retweeted it saying like, what took you so long, Prince? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, 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 the big suggestion is obviously that this is the, this is the Prince Devitt version of yeah. Finn Balor coming back. And it's interesting because when he was saying in his promo last week, my past has now become my future. Everyone mm-hmm. was like, oh, his return to NXT when he was the champion and he was the longest reigning champion. I think they did a very good job of hiding, mm-hmm. of not being like, Balor was a champion in Japan. Balor was like one of the biggest name, one of the biggest Western names in Japanese wrestling, blah, blah, blah. They were just like, Balor in NXT, he had this many, he had this long title reign. He did all this stuff, won all these things. They kept, they like buried the lead really well there. Yeah. And like keep that bit of information hidden because... Yeah, it's not his recent past. 
It's his proper past. Mm-hmm. Like this is the thing that made his name that we're going back to, and it's so cool. It's so so cool. That's the overriding thing from this. This was awesome, and that Pele kick to Gargano was so surprising, and it looked like he almost just like fell over to start with. Mm. That the crowd didn't really register what had happened. He delivered the Pele kick, and the crowd were like, uh. And then Undisputed Era just started attacking Champa. And then when they saw that Balor was just standing there, not doing anything, they were like, oh my mm. God, he's turned heel. Then the crowd like picked up and went yep. mental for it. But this is this is exactly, this is what everyone's been crying out for from Finn Balor. Yeah. And I'm so glad it happened in NXT. I'm so mm. glad he went back. I'm so glad it's happened there. Because yeah, th- this heel turn on the main roster wouldn't have worked. But the, uh, the merest suggestion of Finn Balor finally forming a club even if it's joining somebody else's club and taking over or it's he gets in opposition to the to the undisputed era and the OC join him for like a one-off NXT match mm-hmm. imagine AJ Styles going to NXT that would like, be incredible if that happens like there's so much potential with this stuff even if he just stays on his own but like it's just that that is mm-hmm. the right way to frame it if not hit just like Finn Balor the man turns on his own and there's no like hint of him forming a, a unit or anything like that. It, putting it in the context of he could join Undisputed Era, he might form a faction. Mm-hmm. So good. So, so good. And yeah, just that lasting image of him doing the double guns and all that. Obviously, it's an amazing throwback to the New Japan stuff. And it, like you said before, it just really solidifies that's the character we're getting. That heel Balor. Because we, we haven't seen heel Finn Balor in WWE at all. He's never been heel, not since his NXT days, not on the main roster. He's been smiling Finn Balor. He's been smiling Finn Balor or demon Finn Balor, Mm -hmm. and that's it. So now we're going to get actual heel Finn Balor in NXT. And like you said, I'm so, so happy this happened in NXT. Mm -hmm. Heel Balor on the main roster would have got maybe a three-week push, and then he'd just be another guy. Yeah. Heel Finn Balor in NXT feels like he could completely change the landscape of NXT. And I think this was a very good move because there's a lack of top heels in NXT right now. We've got the Undisputed Era. They're too over. And Dominic Dijakovic, I guess. Like the problem, the problem with Undisputed Era is that they are heels, but they're too over. Yeah. And they, they just everything they do just comes across as that was great. Yeah. Wasn't that, that was really that, cool. Wasn't that great. Yeah. Like, I feel like Finn Balor can at least add some drama to that. Like even if they even if they see like they teased here that he's looking at Adam Cole. Mm-hmm as a semi-sign of respect and also a semi-sort of like, I'm still interested in that. That's what I came here for. Yeah. You know, you've got to imagine that, like, his return was still just, like, saying, I want that and I'm here and that's what I've come for. So, like, mm-hmm. he, and maybe part of the the wanting the belt is also wanting the group. Yeah. Maybe maybe Adam Cole gets kicked out of the Bullet Club again. You know Oh, my I mean? God. Imagine that, yeah. Because that's the thing. They didn't overtly say... Balor's part of the Undisputed Era now. No. There was a very distinct split between them. Undisputed Era were in the ring doing their, you know, hand pose thing. And then Balor was on the ramp, did his finger guns and walked off. So he he didn't, like, join Undisputed Era. No. But there's still a little tease of them just being like, you know, they acknowledge each other. Mm-hmm. So it might just be, you know, ships passing in the night kind of deal. Balor goes on to other things. There's still that little plate spinning. It could just be Balor by himself. It could be a Balor doing a new faction. There's all these different little plates that are spinning, and I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm really sad that I'm not going to watch, could be able to watch NXT early next week because I'm doing AEW instead. Oh yeah. I really, wa- I really, really, really want to see what happens next I, week. So I like, obviously, Finn Balor was your Finn Balor guy. <sighs> 
for we NXT, died. you were like, yeah, you were like so excited when he came back. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, Finn Balor coming back is really cool and obviously a really big deal. I'm way more excited now. Like oh, now, same, now same. I'm super interested. Yeah. Like, and and that's the thing. I never really saw heel Finn Balor because I wasn't really aware of the whole New Japan side of things mm. before I saw him in NXT. So I've seen like I've gone back and gone back and, and you know watched clips and stuff of him from his heel New Japan times, but. I've never really properly seen heel Finn Balor before, yeah. and I'm so excited for it because he just seems really bloody cool. Yeah, and that, and I mean, that's if you keep shotgun drop kicking people through things, I'm into that, and I'll watch that. I like any it. day of the week. I like it a lot, and I think it, it's even though he delivered three moves in that the pele kick, the drop kick, and the brainbuster, all of them seem like he had an entirely different attitude and venom behind it. Yeah, if he has that kind of impact behind the entire rest of his moveset yes please well yeah because I, <laughs> I guess i guess that's the thing with finn as well like finn nxt finn and main roster finn suffered a little bit of five moves of doom mm-hmm. at times like he's got some very good cool moves but he does just do the big penalty kick on the apron sling the, blade the turpic on helo like yeah it's, he does sling blade yeah Shotgun drop kick into the corner. Coup de, coup de gras. <laughs> and we're out. <laughs> yeah. But like, so it's nice to see new stuff being added in. And mm-hmm. like, hopefully we get a bit more kind of, because I think the pace of NXT since Finn Balor's day has picked up and it's much more mm-hmm. people do it. Like you got Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic going out there and doing insane things week on week. God. So if Balor has upped his game to hang with the rest of the NXT guys and they're doing what they're, they've upped their game to be on TV. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait. Yeah, to see it, it. Like, it's genuinely going to... I'm so excited. Like, I'm so excited. So intrigued by the story now as yeah. well of like what will happen. Because I think NXT has struggled a little bit last few weeks after that, that first show, mm-hmm. which they built up to... Um, not the first show, the third show, the, the one that went, went up against AEW. Because yes. two weeks building up to that, did that, and then they've been trying to rebuild the brand from there. And some weeks, not a lot's happened, and it's all been sort of built to something bigger. Yeah. This feels like the big statement, like, here's a direction. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there was there was a lot of, like, I felt like this episode of the show was like, there's direction for this bit of the this bit of the division. There's a direction in this match. There's direction here for this person. Mm-hmm. And boom, here is the biggest direction you're going to get of like, this is the most intriguing thing happening now. Is yep. what is Finn Balor going to do? Is he going to face Johnny Gargano? Is he going to face Tommaso Ciampa? Is he going to face Adam Cole? There's so many possibilities. Yeah, uh, and if we just look at where the story is going right now, if this is building to take over War Games. It looks like we might be getting a Tommaso Ciampa versus Adam Cole match. Mm-hmm. It looks like we might be getting a Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano match. We've got potentially a female war games with some stuff that was set up on this episode as well. Just those three matches alone, mm. I'm like, oh my god, yes. That yep. could be one of the best cards we've seen on a takeover ever. Mm-hmm. And that is insane when you think of the quality of takeovers that we've had. And this might be the best one. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so so excited. I can't like I can't wait to see what they pull out at Takeover as well. Like in terms of just like they they must be having like if, if the TV show is getting like this big now, mm-hmm. they must have something massive for the pay per view. Surely you'd hope. Triple H loves an escalation. <laughs> Everyone comes out in a Terminator mask. Oh, yes. Everyone's got a That's motorbike. Perfect. Everyone comes out on a quad bike. Everyone comes out on a quas- yeah on a custom motorbike. <laughs> like, <laughs>
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Let's get on to the main portion <laughs> of the show, shall we? Yep. Um, so this episode uh, opened up with Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair, which has been set up in the last couple of weeks. Um, really, really hot crowd uh, yeah. for both competitors. As soon as they came out, they were chanting Rhea. Then when Bianca came out, they were chanting EST. Crowd was super hot throughout the whole night, really. Um, but this match was basically about who's stronger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it starts off with them just trying to like do um, like uh, collar elbow tie ups and like trying to push each other over. And then but they did a really good like wrist lock spot mm-hmm. where they were both control like maintaining wrist control. Lol. Uh, and then they were <laughs> yeah. And then there was just a really good like Bianca Belair did a pop up from the from the mat and then like turned it around. Then mm-hmm. Rhea did sort of like ended up forcing her to roll through and then her wrist ended up upside down and it yeah. was like, oh, that looks really painful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they had a really cool spot where both of them were trying to suplex each other. They kept fighting back and forth as to mm-hmm. who could get the suplex on. Rhea eventually got one. Then after a couple more minutes, Bianca came back and then did her own one as well. It was yep. like, oh, it's just like one-upsmanship the whole mm-hmm. the whole match. Um, there wasn't really like a, a, a person that took control very early. It was very kind of back and forth early. During the ad break, uh, Bianca Belair actually did take control. Um, she was very much working the heel here. Like yeah. she, she was very much kind of getting her in the ropes and like not breaking holds until the five count on, yeah. on the rest five counts. She was Stuff doing like a very that. slow methodical breakdown for the like yeah. in, in the ad break. Yes, but it was never boring. No. It was still very fun to watch. And then they timed it perfectly as well because it comes back from the ad break and Ripley fires back. She hits a clothesline or something and then she it was, a, of, it was a big boot out of midair like yeah, so she Bianca runs, went for a leap from yeah. me she was like nope oh, no, she, so she swung for the clothesline so she, she yeah. pushes Bianca off runs in for the clothesline Bianca ducks hits the ropes comes back leapfrog hits the ropes comes back Belair goes for another leapfrog but Ripley just goes nope absolutely and not just 
dunks her out of the air. <laughs> it was, it was so amazing. good. People went nuts for it. Yeah, it, it looked brutal. It was yeah. so cool. Uh, Ripley came back and hit some more offense, but just as it looked like she was closing in on a win, out comes Io Shirai, who came to the outside as Rhea Ripley was on the outside. She comes in and does a tiger faint kick, unlike the apron. Mm-hmm. So she comes in between the apron and the bottom rope and just does a tiger faint kick onto uh, Rhea Ripley. Uh, and then she gets her back inside and ducks down behind the uh, the side so the ref can't see her. Bianca hits a spear, and I was like, oh, well, match That's over, it, yeah, Io yeah. Shirai. And then Rhea kicked out. Yeah. I was like, oh, whoa, okay. I did not see that one coming in a mile off. Uh, and then after that, Io Shirai gets back on the apron trying to run distraction again. Out comes Candice LeRae, mm-hmm. comes out and drags Shirai off and makes sure she can't run interference. That allows uh, Rhea to hit a half-pump handle bomb thing. The and, uh, Yeah, that one. And get the win. Yeah. Which was cool. Yep. Really, really fun match. Uh, and that's got to be building to like either a fatal four-way between these four or like a female war games match. Yeah. You'd, so you'd think. I feel like it's got to be the female war games. I feel like you could, you could put EO and Bianca in with Shayna and the horsewomen. Mm-hmm. And then you could have Candice and Rhea start to gather people up. Yeah. Like and, Mia Yims and that. Yeah. For, for this and war games and match. maybe you uh, Nox and uh, Kai, yeah, maybe. Nox and Kai, depending on what happens next week. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that yeah, there's there's a lot of potential here for stuff to happen, and I felt like this this was obviously the right the right decision, but it yes. felt very much about the women's division. Yes, even though like we should be positioning Ripley to be the big challenger for Shayna Baszler at mm-hmm. some point, but maybe we do that at the next takeover mm-hmm. rather than at this at War Games. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, still. I said it last week and I'll say it again. Bloody love the women's division NXT right now. Yeah. So cool. So many plate spinning. So many like interconnecting rivalries and all trying to vie for that NXT Women's Championship. I love it. I thought this was great. Mm-hmm. Um, Kathy Kelly was backstage with Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete Dunn said that receipts coming for Damian Priest. Yeah. After uh, Tyler Bate, Pete Dunn was like, <laughs> well, he won last week. And he was like, yeah, but he went low, mate. He went low, mate. <laughs> uh, and Dunn just goes, no excuses. Um, and then he said, yeah, receipts coming for Damian Priest. And then Kathy says, well, you tried to break Killian Dane's fingers, so have you got anything to say about Killian Dane? He goes, I don't care about Killian Dane. Don't care about Killian Dane, you're not my and mum. A, and then walks off. And Tyler Bates says, like, <laughs> and then they walk off together mm-hmm. being all happy. It was great. Um, we get a video package for Tommaso Ciampa and his like recovery journey, mm-hmm. looking like an absolute monster, as he yeah. always does whenever he's working out. I'm like, good God, you man. He's awesome. I love Jam. It was a great. It was a great little promo. Package. It, was a, it was a great promo package. Yeah, just showing his entire injury, his thought process, yep. him doing a little voiceover over the top, mm-hmm. him showing him working out, and then his return against Adam Cole it was awesome. We're then showing Tyler Bates in the crowd, mm-hmm. so he's getting involved in this next match, isn't he? Almost Matt certainly. Riddle versus Cameron Grimes and his hat and his hat. Mm. Terrible. Two on one handicap match. Terrible. Two on one hatty cap match. Mm, terrible. <laughs> Dreadful hat. Um, I think this the, was wicked. Though. This was so cool. Ama- like this was actually the Cameron Grimes match that was needed. Yes, like, very this much. Was, so. This was the match that was like they didn't quite, nothing quite gelled this way in the breakout tournament. Everything since then's been like a weird squash with either a distraction or just like he's just got it because of the cave in, mm-hmm. which is what they've now named the double stomp. Yep, just uh, a cool name. The, like it, it is a cool name. But yeah. This was the this like this match put him over more than any of that. Oh, like, so good. Losing to Matt Riddle here put him over far more than any of that stuff. There was 
it was so much good stuff in this yeah. match. And it started really well. I think the commentary did a really great job of saying, you know, Cameron Grimes always tries to get that early, quick win. Probably going to try the same here with Matt Riddle, like as he was mm. making his entrance. And they were saying, and don't forget as well, Matt Riddle's no stranger to that. He beat Kashishono in six seconds. Yeah. So we can see a really hot start here. Bell rings immediately. Cam- uh, Grimes goes for the double stomp and Riddle like rolls out the way. And I was like, that's such a good moment mm-hmm. for the commentary to like put that over in your mind yep. and then that thing happens. But then Riddle turns break. it around and tries to go for the final flash as exactly, well. Exactly, yeah. Grimes dodges. It, yeah. was, it was really smart stuff. Yeah, exactly, yeah. They uh, then had a like, um, well, there was a bit where Riddle hits the jackhammer. Oh, that was so great. Uh, he just hits the jack- So they are building that match. Yes, they are. They absolutely are building that Especially match. Especially from what the commentary said straight afterwards yeah. as well because the crowd started chanting, Riddle, Riddle, <laughs> Riddle. The same cadence as the Goldberg chant. He hits a jackhammer, and then the commentary put over is like, huh, I, I remember a Hall of Famer using that move. Can't think who it is right now, though. Mm. They're really putting over this Riddle-Goldberg stuff, which is really, really great. I don't know whether that's ever actually going to pay off or whether that's just like an Easter egg for fans. No. I don't I'm, know. But I'm hoping it I'm hoping it will pay off. Yeah. That would be so good. Cool. Imagine if Goldberg, Goldberg goes to NXT. Yeah, for a takeover. That would oh, be amazing. That would be uh, incredible. Yeah, and then they, so there was bits where like... Riddle just did like that crazy level of offense that he sometimes does where he did he did a uh, so he hit like a bunch of kicks and then running forearms and mm-hmm. exploder then yep. the backflip into the broton thing yep. he did a whole sequence where he like well the finish was amazing where he popped up Cameron Grimes goes for the double stomp and he pops him up into a power bomb mm-hmm. power bombs him flips him over knees him in the face and then does the uh, bro Derek <laughs> that's such a weird name yeah yeah doesn't mind though does he no but equally, I think Cameron Grimes had a lot of that same sort of offense where they, they did a lot of like you counter something into something crazy. So mm-hmm. there was a bit where he he goes for a kick when uh, Riddle's on his knees. Riddle ducks the kick. So as Grimes turns around, he backflips <laughs> into a German super. So he backflips onto the back of Riddle, catches him and just German suplexes him. Oh, it was so, so good. Amazing. It's like, where did that come from? Mm. He's literally standing there, leaps over him. As he lands, he's grabbing him. Then lifts him up in like a deadlift position, turns around and then delivers the German. It's like, whoa, Cameron yeah. Grimes, you're really, really good. Yeah, like, and, and, I, and I did a, a similar thing earlier where uh, he popped him up again for the powerbomb, but Grimes flipped out off the top, yeah. landed forearm, knee strike, mm-hmm. uh, and then back into another kick or something. And then yeah. and then a Spanish fly. Oh, that was a dodge and then a super kick. And then he hit like a weird oh. sort of tilting it's like a power pa- slam a, a power Spanish power slam fly. Spanish fly, yeah. I, I literally... I just said, Which is something that Jeff Cobb does, yeah, basically. Yeah, and I, my notes literally just go, floating bro countered, Jesus F word, what just happened? So many spots, move after move after move after move, I can't keep up. Mm-hmm. It was so, so quick, so many spots, crowd were hot for it the whole way through. Uh, and then, yeah, the, that ending sequence that you mentioned where Riddle picks up the win. Awesome match. Put, yeah. put over Grimes, put over Riddle still, which is good because he's one of their top stars. It was awesome. Then after the match... Um, Riddle's kind of outside celebrating, doing some fist bumps. Goes for a fist bump on Grimes. Grimes goes, no, get out of him. I don't want to fist bump you. Get out of here. Uh, so instead, he fist bumps Tyler Bate, who's standing in in that corner, and then he he walks away. I think Tyler Bate does a really good job in this in the two sections he's in because he's shown in the Riddle gives him a fist bump at the beginning and mm-hmm. at the end. Yes, Bate does a really good job of seeming like a fan. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, like yeah. when he got the fist bump off Riddle the first time, he was like, oh, yeah. fist bump from Matt Riddle. Wow. Oh, great. Um, and then, yeah, so he, he does another fist bump to Tyler Bate and he walks away. Bate turns around to Cameron Grimes. He's like, dude, 
just do a fist bump. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Like, it's right. Just do one, mate. And Grimes is like, oh, go away. And he pushes Bait and he goes up the steps, grabs his hat, comes back down towards that corner, and Bait does that fake out punch he does. So he lifts the one up and then boom, so like punches with the, the other bip one. And bop. Sure. Something like that. Yeah. The nick and knack. Yeah, I don't the know. Kit and cat. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so he does that fake out punch and knocks him out and he just lies down on the ground. Everyone's like, hey, Tyler Bate. Um, so then that sets up next week. It's going to be Cameron Grimes versus Tyler Bate. Awesome. Can't wait for that. Mm-hmm. I'm honestly kind of, as much as I love Tyler Bate, I want Grimes to win that one in another really, really good match. Yeah. So I want Grimes to, you know, have, have an amazing match like he did with Riddle here, and then but eventually go over in that match. And I yeah. think that will kind of cement him at the level he needs to be. I think that would be great. Um, we get a quick side screen promo from Dijak. We see him Dijakic. warming up. Dijakovic. Mm-hmm. Not Dijakovic. <laughs> It's a weird name. Uh, so he's warming up backstage for his main event match later. He does a quick side thing saying, I'm going to win. Promise my family I'll win the title. I'm blah, blah, blah. Win. I'm going to win. Um, then we get a really interesting match announcement from William Regal, mm-hmm. who said it's Tegan Knox versus and and Dakota Kai sorry, versus Marina, Marina Shafir yeah. and Jessamine Duke. I can talk. With the winner facing the Kabuki Warriors for the women's tag team titles on next week's NXT. Yeah. Awesome! I feel like it was like it was, it was like it was a really good announcement, but so little was made of it in the sense it's like Asuka and Kyrie Sane are going back to NXT for an episode. Love it, absolutely love it. That felt like a bigger deal. Yeah, like that felt like a uh, that felt like an announcement they should have probably done live mm-hmm. in like because this was a clip from the YouTube channel or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This feels like an announcement they should have done at the beginning of. Uh, at the end of the match, he should have said he should have come out and said, "Well, for that victory, I'm going to give you a shot at." Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah and yeah, then yeah. they come up on the screen. Asking Karasin pop up on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would have been great. Um, so yeah, that match is coming up later on tonight. Super stoked. Uh, we then get the Forgotten Sons versus Breezango, mm-hmm. and it should have been Kushida, uh, but he got injured. He's got a fractured wrist, I believe, so he's out for like a month. Um, so then they've got a mystery partner for this six-man tag match. Um, and it's revealed to be, oh, well, first, Brizango come out, well, Forgotten Sons come out, Brizango come out as airline pilots this time. Well, they come out as Top Gun, don't they? Yeah, as Top Gun, basically. Um, sure. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not, kind of over I'm not this. into it. I yeah. just don't like it. It's just not great. It's too silly. Um, but then they get their partner revealed to be Asaya Swerve Scott mm-hmm. uh, instead of Kushida, which is really cool. Crowd were really into him. As soon yeah. as he got announced, they were like, ah! Oh! Swerve, we love him after his match with Roddy Strong that he had that was really bloody good. Mm-hmm. Um, Considering he's had two losses, exactly. <laughs> yeah, TTV time. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's surprisingly really over. Mm. It's almost as if you have really good matches. It's a way to get you over or something. True. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Um, Fandango tears off his vest. It, it starts with Jackson Riker being really strong, and then the Breeze and Swerve try to get in and try to duel them. They're like, nope, can't do that. So they tag in Fandango. Fandango tears off his vest as he gets ready for stuff. And then he does that one spot where he nearly falls over for like three minutes. He's like, we're milling his arms. And then he just starts gyrating his hips and then does a leg drop. Mm-hmm. And then they go to an ad break. It was cool, whatever. In the commercial break, uh, Jackson Riker hits a huge urinagi onto the mm-hmm. apron on uh, Tyler Breeze. And then you come back and the, the Suns are in control. Yes. Uh, and then this was all built around, again, the hot tag spot. But then I think it actually had a really interesting breakdown because it's like a hot tag spot. Uh, and I think that Breeze tags in Dango. He does. 
Dango runs wild, but he can't get it done. So he mm-hmm. tags in Swerve, and Swerve manages to take all of them down. So like they they start beating on Isaiah, and then he does like a weird he does like a roll up to one of the Forgotten Sons. They kick out immediately. So he rolls forward again mm-hmm. and hits a leaping flatliner onto the other one. Yeah. That was so cool. So, so cool. He then, he then, so then he, he then chucks them all out of the ring. He goes up onto the apron, uh, sorry, onto the turnbuckle to try and do a move. Riker jumps up onto the apron. You're like, oh, this is going to end really badly. Mm-hmm. He manages to fight him off for a second, hits him, and he rocks himself back onto the ropes. So he just does a moonsault off Jackson Riker's chest onto Murphy, onto sorry Blake and uh, Cutler yeah. on the outside. Oh, it was it was so cool because honestly, there's not much difference between that move and just going off the top rope and doing a moonsault. But it just looks so cool. It's mm. like you're moonsaulting off a guy's chest. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, it, it was really like creative, really fun. Um, but it was and- all, it was all built around putting him over. I think this, exactly. This whole yeah. match was like we're gonna feed five guys to you now. And yes. give you the sort of like shine of that, and it, mm-hmm. he came off so well with the big Fosbury flop spot as well yeah, over the yeah, top yeah. rope. He just looked awesome in yes. this match. And he really did. I really do think he's going to be a massive star in NXT. I like, hope so. I, if they push him right, I think he's going to be huge because mm-hmm. he's one. He's already incredibly over. Yes. And two, he's clearly so talented and yeah. so good, mm-hmm. and has really uh, like innovative offense. I think yes. it's that it's that kind of um, he just does stuff that makes you go, "Huh? huh? Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Gravity? Yeah. Question mark? Yeah." Uh, so I've managed to get the win as well, mm-hmm. which is really good. Uh, really puts him over. Yeah, thumbs up all round. Uh, we get another side screen promo from Roddy Strong. He's backstage warming up with Undisputed Era. He says, I'm going to win. <laughs> it put me in a... Regal was trying to mess me up with a match with these two big goofs. Yeah. I like heel Roddy Strong because he's, he's, so, he's so corny. He's like, so cocky. Yeah. I love him so much. Mm. He's great. Uh, we then get uh, Leo Rush comes out, NXT Cruiserweight Champion Leo Rush. He enters massive pop. Crowd is mm-hmm. so into Leo Rush. Hot damn. Um, we go straight into an ad break, and afterwards, he's on commentary for the next match. Uh, but we do get a quick promo by Killian Dane first, who's out almost, uh, you know, harking back to the sanity days. He's out by this fire on the outside. You know you know the ones they do in the little He's out in an alley by a bin, yeah. Yeah, that thing. Um, and he's standing by the fire, and he says, Pete Dunne tried to break his fingers, so he's going to break him. Mm-hmm. But Pete Dunne doesn't care about you. I don't care about Killian Dane. Don't, don't care about Killian Dane. But then we get the next match with Leo Russian commentary, which is Angel Garza versus Gentleman Jack Gallagher. Whoa. My God, I've missed Jack Gallagher. He's I was expect- so fun. I was expecting more Jack Gallagher in this match. Me too. Uh, yeah. It was still really, it was actually still really good and really, really fun. I was just expecting a so bit more fun. offense from him. Yes, uh, I agree. Because this was all about Garza, really. Mm-hmm. And it was and it was actually put him over really strong. I mm-hmm. think he's fantastic also. He is. Um, they did a bit really early on where he like goes to take his trousers off, gets caught, and Jack then like tries to sort of whip him with it. And he obviously just steps out of his trousers and Jack's left holding them to then he eats a super kick. Like it's just it was all really smart, fun stuff. And was, I think it was just little things at the start like uh, Gallagher went for a handshake and Gaza just refused the handshake to start with. And then later on, Gallagher gets him in a wrist lock and just mimes shaking his hand with him while he's got control of his wrist. Oh, it's just, it's just really funny. Yeah. Innovative Well, they were spots. clearly having a real, like, a good laugh here. There was a point yeah. where uh, Gallagher was on the outside and it looks like uh, Gaza's going to go for the suicide dive. He runs at the ropes and Gallagher goes down into the apron to hide, like, just ducks right behind it. So Gaza just slides in 
and just goes on his head. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just really it's just amazing, stuff. yeah. And then Gallagher did like repeated crucifix pins, one after the oh, other, after like the teddy other. Bear rolls, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was just so so fun to watch. It was amazing. He did a huge like monkey flip to Gallagher over the top rope. Mm-hmm. Like this really over the top spot. Um, there's like a power bomb that got counted into a headbutt from Gallagher, which looked amazing. Yeah, that was the this was the finale, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. Like, power bomb counted into the headbutt. He goes for a dive in the corner, misses, and then Gaza hits the uh, Kiprana from the yes. yeah the moonsault the thingy. moonsault thingy that yeah. Alistair Black does. And that yes, was that one. Uh, cool. Really, really like this match. It was quick. It was like fun. It was puts over the Gars character really well in the mm-hmm. fact that he's kind of cocky and kind of silly and but clearly incredibly talented. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, and it really it positions Garza's uh, next challenger for Leo Rush, potentially. Yeah, well, he gets up on the apron and he, sorry, he gets up on the turnbuckle. I keep saying apron instead of turnbuckle. <laughs> gets up on the turnbuckle and starts miming the belt at Leo. And Leo's mm-hmm. like, oh, you want this, do you? On uh, commentary. So he gets up and starts having a off-mic shouting match with Garza. Yeah. I'd really like to see that match. Yes, please. I'd also yeah. really like to see Angel Garza as the Cruiserweight Champion. Mm, yeah, I'll be well into it's it. It's too early for Leo Rush to lose the belt, obviously, but yes. I think Angel Garza could be a really fun champion. Like at some point, yeah, yeah. I'd really like to see him win. Uh, we then get the aforementioned match of Team Kick versus the Horsewomen, Nox and Kai versus Shafir and Duke, and uh, obviously with the stipulation that they're going to be facing Kabuki Warriors next week. Uh, this match was very quick. Yeah. Um, it starts off with Duke coming out pretty hot. She gets like a massive big boot on Dakota Kai just uh, like almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And then my next note is that Nox wins with a Shining Wizard. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, there wasn't much in between. Like Duke ran hot for a little bit. Yeah. Kai hit a scorpion kick that gave her the uh, the ability to tag in Tegan. Mm-hmm. Tegan hits two choke slams, the big diving crossbody. Kai comes in and pump kicks Shafir's head off and takes her out of the ring, which gives uh, Nox enough room to hit the shiniest wizard and it's all over. Yeah. What I liked about this, though, it was really cool to see Team Kit come out together to the same music. Yep. And you actually see that their entrances match up. Yes. Like it was like, oh, they've just been doing, they've been doing two halves of the same entrance the whole time. Mm -hmm. Because they they both got on the apron and did that thing, but they both just did their normal entrance and then like end up running back to back. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. It, 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 they are literally if you just over, two halves of the same. Part. I wonder if you overlaid their entrances from before yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, with like a transparency or something, you'd see that it matched up perfectly. That would be incredible. Mm. That would be amazing. Um, and then we get the Kabuki Warriors appear on the Titantron. I loved this. They come in and they cut a promo on both of them. They initially st- uh, start talking some Japanese to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the new look of both of them. Yeah. Of the Kabuki Warriors. Asuka with her green kind of face paint that she's got obviously to do with the green mist. And now Kairi Sane's starting to get some face paint as well around her eyes and things like that. They look awesome. And I've, ne- I've never seen heel Kairi Sane before. Yeah. So to see her just being like, oh, you guys don't stand a chance and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, this is this is rad. This is so cool. Yeah. I, I'm really, really excited so I en- for I enjoyed, next week. Yeah, I enjoyed heel Kairi Sane in the match where they won the belts. Yes. Like when she did like the like the marching spot and the poke in the mm-hmm. eyes. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. that was funny. Like, it was funny playing with the cutesy side of the character and making that mean. Yes. But here I was like, oh no, it's really cool. She's like crazed Japanese schoolgirl now. Yeah. It's like she's just this horrible little giggle that she's doing the whole time. I think I think Asuka and Kairi Sane together as a pairing is really gelling now. Mm-hmm. And like it's not just, oh, you're two Japanese people, so we put you together. They actually feel like a tag team with, yes. a, with a purpose and 
I think work really nicely. I'm really excited for this match. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's going to be awesome. So pumped. Uh, and I'd be more pumped if I was actually reviewing it next week. It's one of those things where it's like, it, it's just weird that they're not making a bigger deal of the fact that Asuka and Kairi Sane are returning to NXT. Two former NXT women's champions. Yeah, probably because it's a bit sad, really, that yeah, uh, Asuka's possibly. coming back and it's like, do you remember what happened? We were undefeated when you were here last time. Yeah. yeah. So she can come back and she if she wins the match when she comes back, still undefeated she's in still NXT. undefeated in NXT. So. Undefeated. Uh, we then get a backstage promo from Keith Lee, who's warming mm. up, and he says, I'm going to win. Same as the others, really. Um, we then get confirmations of two matches, which is the Tyler Bate versus Cameron Grimes match and the Team Kick versus Kabuki Warriors match next week. And then we get... Oh, we've also got... They also said that uh, Io Shirai and Candice the Ray will face off next week. Oh, that's right. That's what yes. Kathy Kelly said as well. Yes, yes. Um, and then we get the main event. I can't believe this match, honestly. Oh. Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic versus Roderick Strong for the North American title. Uh, my first note is, God, Roddy is such a cocky little S-word. I love him. I love the bit, yeah, so when they're doing the in- so when they're doing the introductions and they're saying this first challenger, this competitor, and the champion, Roddy does this, like, huge pop for him, his own name. Yeah. And there's just this brief moment where he just goes, he's like, yeah, me! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and he looks at the answer and he's like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, he's just got real like, for a second, then he goes back to being really cocky. And yeah. it's like, that was just really good little character work mm-hmm. of like, yeah, I'm awesome. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. I'm not scared. You're scared. Yeah, it was amazing. I uh, ju- this this, this match, match was incredible. Yeah, it had me, I was just grinning from ear to ear Same. watching this. I was, I was genuinely like, this is like some of the best NXT I've ever seen. It was, it was... When, if you think how good the Keith Lee Dijak matches have been in general, yeah, this I think the inclusion of Roderick Strong here actually managed to take it to a new level because it just, right? yeah, it managed to tell this extra extra layer to the story of like they were just trying to have their match and Roddy was just being a pest. <laughs> He's just and it getting was like, in the way. And I, but I just thought it was told so well. Like for the whole first bit, Lee is in control, and every time Roddy comes in the ring, he just does something. Like, and Roddy's no. like, no, goodbye now. Yeah. Uh, there was a bit where like, uh, yeah, they were, Lee just hits this huge pop-up slam really early on. Roddy jumps back in and he tries to attack Lee, who just shrugs him off and pushes him out of the ring. Then he's then it's like we're going into the break immediately, and he's already mm-hmm. going like Grizzly Magnum. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. What well, what else are they going to do in the TV bit? Like, I know. And th- there was one bit in the outbreak that I absolutely loved, where again, uh, like uh, Dijakovic was in the uh, in the corner, Lee was in control. Roddy came back in to try and start stuff. He was doing some like forearms to Lee, and Lee was kind of like basically no selling it, and then just went one punch, and mm. Roddy just went straight out yeah. the ring. It was so so good. I wish I'd, I'd actually seen that not in the ad break with the sound. But Roddy got a bit, so cool. yeah, like Roddy got a bit more uh, into the match after Lee sort of put Dijak on the top rope and it looked like he was going for a superplex. So Roddy runs in and pushes Lee over the side. Then he hits his own superplex. Then Lee comes back in, starts beating up Roddy. Roddy gets knocked down. Dijak does time to fly on Lee, mm-hmm. just chucking him on top of Roddy. Unbelievable. There are so many spots in this match. It's like... It's almost impossible to go through, but it's just... Genuinely, it is so hard to go through all of them. The bit where Dijak goes for the cannonball off the apron, and he just goes, okay, well, I've caught you now. Yeah. Picks him up to go for the powerball onto the apron. Roddy then hits the running baseball, uh, the wrecking ball drop kick, Mm -hmm. knocking them both over. Yep. 
<laughs> like it's, it's so unique. And then, and then, and then, and then, this next spot, the Tower of Doom spot, oh my was Lord. unreal. So you had uh, Dijak and Roddy were on the top turnbuckle. Looked like Dijak was going to go for a superplex of some description. Keith Lee comes in uh, and is going to go for the powerbomb onto Dijak. Standard Tower of Doom stuff. The difference is, he picks up Dijak, Roddy's still on the turnbuckle, so then Dijak picks him up and holds him in a delayed position in the Tower of Doom, and then they all collapse in. It looked pretty dangerous, honestly. Lee comes down and powerbombs, and he almost hits like a brain buster onto Roddy, and Lee almost falls out of the ring. He hits like his head on the ropes as he comes down. Oh, it looked insane. It looked ridiculous. Such strength. Yeah. That then that then leads to Roddy doing an Olympic slam to yeah. Lee, which is just yeah. and also the height that they got off that, which got quite a near fall, but Lee managed to sort of pop him up into the air to get out mm-hmm. of it. Somehow they all end up on the outside, and there's a moment at which Lee basically chucks Roddy. He lands on Dijak, who hit who hits the feast your eyes. Mm-hmm. As he as Roddy lands off the knee, Lee just pounces him out of the way. They look at each other. There's this amazing standoff moment. Like everyone holds their breath for a second. And Dijak goes, Should we get back in the ring? <laughs> <laughs> and they both get back in the ring. So and everyone's good. just going, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It was itchy because how that started was Roddy went for another baseball drop kick and they both caught him on the outside. Yeah. Together they caught him. And they were like, Huh, we have a Roddy now. Mm. <laughs> so then, yeah, that's when like Lee just chucked him onto, onto Dijak, who, who did that whole spot. And then, yeah, the crowd was going mental. They were just looking at each other and going, right, in the ring, let's finish this. Mm. They went in, and then they had their match. You know, they had the, the Lee Dijak match. Uh, there was a, And then there was an, a huge avalanche choke bomb from Dijak mm. to Lee that looked like it was going to be, you know, the end. Huge one for a near fall. And then I just wrote, this is amazing. There was a uh, a Frosby flop onto Strong, who, who <laughs> Dijak went for the flop onto Lee. Lee dived in the ring as he was in the air, and he ended up hitting Strong instead, mm. who had just got up from all the abuse from before. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Lee rolled in the ring, and then... Keith oh, Lee, no, Keith Lee hit a tope con helo. How? Yeah. How do you do that? Oh, he's so, that was, that, so good. That was when the roof started coming off the place. Yeah. Because people were just like, I, I honestly cannot believe this. And I need to vocalize it in three syllables. Yeah. Holy S. Holy S word, man. And then Lee... Uh, manages to get control of Dijak again. He goes for a massive powerbomb from the second rope, hits it, but then immediately Roderick Strong comes back in, hits his, you know, drop uh, the the thing, the kick thing that he does. The sick I, kick. I, is that what it's called? Hmm. Yeah, that one. Hits well, it's like it. a running knee sick kick he does here. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. Uh, and he does that onto Lee, who's just sat down off the powerbomb, immediately comes in, kicks him in the face, and gets the, the three count for the win. So Strong technically kind of stole the victory without stealing the victory. Yeah. Makes Strong look great. Makes Lee and Dijak look awesome. Yeah. Oh, what a match. Well, Nigel, what and, a and match. Nigel did a very good job here of like putting over what Roddy did as well as, the, mm-hmm. as that commentator. He said, like, Roddy, Roddy wore them down in the beginning. And then he got out of the way and let them let them tuck themselves out. And then yep. he came in and struck when the moment was right. Yeah, it's he... like, that's a really good way of framing that to keep Roddy seeming good. Like, Roddy did seem good in this match, but also, as the smaller guy, was obviously going to be fodder for the chucking around here. Yeah. I love the fact that this this it was the perfect story to tell. And it's obviously the, you know, the bad blood between two people is a classic triple threat uh, statement. Like, mm-hmm. the, it's, it's the... Uh, 
classic structure of that match. But here it felt really pertinent and it really felt like these two guys looked as if it like they they acted as if Roddy wasn't anywhere on their level and it wasn't even about that belt. Mm-hmm. It was about the fact that they, they had to finish what they had to do. Yeah. Like winning over Dijak or or uh, winning over Lee was more important to both of them than ever beating Roddy. Like yeah. it and I loved it. I just yeah. it told that story so brilliantly and I'm hoping that their their internal feud which has now gone to three no contests, like three draws essentially, yeah. and like is tied overall in terms of who's won as well. So they've had five matches that they've been involved in, mm-hmm. and only two have come that actually had a defined winner. Yeah, so there's still a third match to have here to at least decide who's the best. Yeah, which again, I'm fingers crossed. I really want and that to be on that, a takeover. That's got to be the PWG match, right? That's got to be right. the full. That's, that's got to be, be everything, match, right? Yeah. And hopefully that's a takeover war game. It's pretty pleased. That would oh, be amazing. Um, yeah, and then we had the angle that we spoke about before with the Balor heel turn to end off the show. Yeah. Which was awesome. Um, overall, what a show. Yeah. I thought this was fantastic. There was so much meaningful <coughs> build to mm-hmm. a lot of feuds, loads of plates spinning. All of the in-ring action was, I'd say, great or better. Yeah. And then some of the top moments in NXT were like the Balor heel turn and that triple threat match. This is pretty much as good as it gets for mm-hmm. a weekly episode of a show. I, think, I thought it was yeah, awesome. It five out of five like, for me. Like we said, I think five out of five as well. I think like last week when we said, you know, the, the show felt too much like it was uh, going, and, and next week. And next week you can have and this next thing. Week you can have this thing. And it was yeah. like, all the, there was build, but it was all too the idea of more exciting build next week. Whereas this week was, it was build, but it all felt going like it's going to go somewhere very soon. And it was all exciting build. Like a Balor heel turn is build. Sure. Mm-hmm. But what? Well, like leads to so many options. It's not yeah. just like it leads to this match this week. And obviously the payoff this week of the triple threat match that was set up in the build last week is the most tantalizing thing. It was, it was the best match on the show. Mm-hmm. It was an unbelievable finale to NXT, especially when you then were like, oh, and now here's the crescendo bit. Not only did mm-hmm. you see that match, but here's like this thing and Champer and Johnny and they're together again. And oh, wait, Finn Balor's turned heel. Oh, my God, what's happening? Is he joining the Undisputed Era? I don't know. Yeah. It, 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 I, don't, I don't know how, like, I know how AEW ended um, and we can probably spoil it here because mm-hmm. we're a few days it's later. Sunday, yeah. Yeah, so like, I don't know how that, could even match up yeah you know like you've gone to like a tv time limit draw which is a very good way of protecting two people but compared to what happened on nxt it pales in comparison right yeah this this was really bloody good big win for nxt this week so so excited for what's to come on nxt next and i guess that's the point Mm -hmm. is i really want to watch more yeah can't do really much higher well, praise than that. You can't do high, You can't have higher praise than that. And yeah. it's, it's made me so excited for next week. Like the, the matches they've announced for next week: Cameron Grimes versus Tyler Bate. Yes, please. After Cameron Grimes this week, can't wait to see Tyler Bate return to NXT. Mm-hmm. Big fan of Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. Again, they're incredibly awesome. good together. Uh, the Kabuki Warriors, the return of Asuka and Kyrie Sane to NXT versus Team Kick, who have just yeah. made their returns as well. That is going to be amazing. And then the, all, hopefully all of the fallout of all these stories. Yeah. I just think it's going to be immense. Yeah. We've got, how long have we got? We have got one, two, three, four weeks until TakeOver War Games. Mm-hmm. 
I'm so excited because now this is getting into like the next gear of build. This is going to be like these matches are now getting made and yep. these are the matches we're going to build to. I think probably from next week onwards, that's when we're going to see like this match is now official and we're going to build this now because yeah, yeah. now we're still in the speculation phase right now. But I think as of next week, it's going to be proper. War Games is soon. Here's the matches. Get excited. And I, I can't wait. I I'm so time. excited. I love these periods of time in NXT where it's like we're actually like a month out from TakeOver and mm -hmm. the story starts to advance. This is when you get all the best promo stuff. It's when you get all the sort of really cool story aspect. And and also now because they've got the extra hour, there can still be an hour's worth of amazing wrestling per exactly. show. Exactly. What do you want? Exactly. What a What a great show. Wow, what a great show that was. Hey. Wasn't it, Laurie? I'm not good at acting, Pete. <laughs> we haven't recorded it yet. <laughs> Laurie's just made a massive case about what we should do is we could we should actually record the intro, then the main show, and then the outro, because for once we're not actually live streaming this yeah. NXT review. It's actually going to be going out on Sundays now. Um, spoilers, it is still a Thursday when we're recording this. Um, so Laurie just did a thing where he's like, oh, we can actually just do it in order. We could do the intro, the main show, and then the outro. And I said, yeah, that's cool. So we recorded the intro, went to go record the main show. Laurie's like, actually, you know what? I reckon it'd be better to record the outro now. Come on, Laurie. Well, I'd even I thought, close my emails. I thought about the putting, uh, getting either getting up and stopping the recording and starting it again, mm -hmm. or the putting it into editing software and finding it and hacking it out. And I was like, mm, that feels like effort. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't. I mean, it'll be fine. Um, anyway... So we haven't actually recorded it yet. We've got one more email to get to. Uh, Breakout comes in to say, or I should say Luke is his actual name. Hello to everyone in the office. I can't be bothered to list everyone's names. Sorry. There are a lot of us now, in fairness. It's going around the yeah. laziness, isn't it? Um, but especially Pete, because it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Chopper. Still not my birthday, but thank you. Uh, my name is Luke, and I've been a fan of WrestleTalk for about a year now. This is my first time emailing in, and it's to say a massive thank you to everyone at WrestleTalk. Over the past five to six months, I've lost about two stone, and I, owe, and I owe it to all you guys. Your podcasts have helped me drift away at the gym and do more than I ever could have hoped for. Everyone at WrestleTalk has helped me so much, and I just wanted to say thank you from Luke. Well, thank oh, you very much, thanks, man. Luke. The amount of people who write in to say they listen to us in the gym mm. uh, suggests to me that we should have some sort of dance music, background music, <laughs> uh, to just that'd be amazing to push people along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, we'll we'll have our own dance break, like an R Truth Carmella dance break. <laughs> yeah, just Can't that do it for that long. Just continually. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Just that continually for yeah. the podcast. Yeah, just throughout the entire review, intros, mm. outros, everything. Just have that beat yeah, constantly. constantly. Yeah, and then we'll have our own dance break. <laughs> yeah, we'll <laughs> just throw just in some ad-libs yeah. in Pump there. It. Oh, that'd be great. Um, yeah, we've had... Um, we've actually had a very busy few weeks here. Obviously, mm -hmm. with all the changes in October and all that stuff. Uh, we've got some other things on the horizon as well. I know we probably can't talk about them on the podcast, but we've got some things happening. We had a big meeting about one of these things yesterday. Mm, that's pretty exciting. It is pretty exciting. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to um, to that stuff. Um, have you got any more D&D &D stories? Because I don't. I haven't played. I do, yeah. Uh, we played last night. Um, oh, man. So we uh, were doing a one-shot, basically, now, um, which didn't turn out to be a one-shot. <laughs> hey! oh, funnily enough, we didn't finish it because yeah. we 
deliberated about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea, <laughs> the idea was, one of our characters left the party because in real life he had a baby. Uh, God, so selfish. Oh no, bloody selfish. <laughs> we were telling a story. Uh, so he went away for a bit while obviously having a newborn. Yeah. He's coming back now. So we had oh, to go cool. and find his character. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, he's a half-orc. A while ago, we found like an amulet that like belongs to like a, a, an orc dark god. And we were in a really dire situation at one point. And like, there was always this sort of thing of this, this amulet's dark pull towards him. Uh, and we kind of kept it away from him and then in this middle of in the middle of this fight he just found it and put it on and we were like you don't (laughs) you don't put on the mad amulet and so he went crazy and started like murdering anything so it really helped us in the fight because he was obviously murdering a Mm. lot of the right guys yeah yeah yeah. he murdered a lot of the wrong guys too Mm -hmm. and we all had to sort of stand back like oh my lord (laughs) like so apparently in the interim, while we were off underground in this dwarven city, solving this whole dilemma between the dwarves and the Draugr, um, who were dark dwarves, um, mm-hmm. and this political kind of feud that they were having, uh, he was outside wearing the amulet on oh, a God. rampage, ended up captured and imprisoned in this uh, by, by the army. And was taken to a way fort. So we're now we were on the trail of that mm-hmm. when we started this. And we, we arrived at this small village. The big way fort is outside, and he's inside the way fort being held prisoner. Um yeah. we are attempting to break into the castle. He is attempting to break out of the castle. Neither party knows that. Okay. Um cool. him and uh one of our other players, a dwarf who's also like been out for a few sessions. So they ended up together and mm-hmm. are both in prison. They right. broke out of their cell started breaking out of the castle. They're running around inside the keep. We're breaking in over the walls, which we struggled with because for some reason our paladin, when replacing his grappling hook and rope, bought a grappling hook with a black silk rope. (laughs) Like he's some sort of like, he's into like uh, aerial or something. Like he's going to do like a nice strip tease or something later on. Amazing. So, and it was like, pissing with rain. Yeah. So it was impossible to climb this thing. We finally get in, get on the castle and like, we're all scouting around. Um, they're inside. They killed a chef uh, who was admittedly attacking them. Okay. And then they ended up finding the the the, the lord of the castle uh, in his bedroom. And we've been we'd been told by the the uh, the landlord at the pub in town that his daughter worked there and she was only sixteen. Mm-hmm. And things had been fine for a couple of weeks when she worked there, and then things started taking like a darker turn because the lord of this fort was quite twisted right? in a sort of um, what's-his-face uh, in Game of Thrones. You know, the Battle of the Bastards, lad? Oh, uh, uh, the Ramsay. Ramsay, yeah. yeah. Ramsay Bolton, yeah. So he's, yeah. he's got a kind of that streak to him. Right. Uh, <laughs> they were, like, trying to find the exit. In trying to find the exit, they stepped on a pressure plate that set two blades off at the front door that ripped one of them in half, basically. Oh, God. Uh, he, was, he survived, but yeah. he was like, so they were like, oh, God, not this way then. Go the other way. And they walk through this door into this bedroom. And he's there with a knife to this girl's throat. And he's like, come one step closer and I'll kill her. Jesus. And our orc just goes, okay, not really our business. And goes to close the door <laughs> and just walk away. <laughs> okay, not, I'm just leaving you to it, mate. Fine. Wow. <laughs> have fun. It, it's good to have him back. Yes. But uh, he's clearly not invested in. Mm. Obviously, well, obviously, he's been in prison, so he doesn't care. Yeah. Um, I, I lied, actually. I said I don't have any D&D stories, mm. but I do have one because I forgot we didn't have any more in our campaign that we're doing. 
but we had a, a friend of ours was visiting from America, um, and he's a, a big D and D guy as well. So we did a little like um, basically a non-canon little like one-shot thing. Uh, we buffed all of our characters up to level twelve, Ooh. and then we did. Um, the, the guy that normally DMs did, like, this extra little thing. So he said, oh, yeah, all of you wake up in this thing. There's a guy in, like, a hood who's, like, commanding all this stuff. And he's like, oh, you're going to put on a show. And he, like, claps his hands and then, like, a load of enemies come out and we do, like, this big team fight. We have to fight off these waves of enemies and stuff. And then he goes, and now you all want to fight each other. And he, like, clicks his fingers and all of us, like, started, like, hating each other. So we just had a big, like, PvP kind of battle between each other, which was super cool because it started off because I'm just a little halfling rogue. So I'm just there to try and be sneaky. And the first thing that happens is the druid uh, polymorphs into a white dragon that we just fought. It was a young white dragon, admittedly, so it wasn't, like, super Mm. strong. But, like, still, he just polymorphs into a a young white dragon out of nowhere. And then uh, someone else did something crazy. I can't remember what it was, but another character did something that was, like, really, like, big spectacle, kind of, like, a huge spell or something like that to start with. And I just went... Cool, I'm casting invisibility on myself and running away. Mm, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to deal with that. Classic rogue. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm going to go hide over here. And I'm just going to sit this that's one how out, I guys. Always, as playing as a ranger, that's how I always feel in fights. It's like, yeah, yeah so what's your, everyone's like, yeah, I'm going to use Agonaza Scorcher and like yeah. light up five people in a big cone. And it's mm-hmm. like, cool, I'll stand at the back and fling some arrows in, I guess, <laughs> yeah. maybe. That's pretty much what I did. I just, Let w- me know if you need any trick shots to come. <laughs> It was literally the entirety of it was me just going like, I will roll for stealth. I'll, I'll bonus action hide. I'm hidden. Cool. I'm going to fire an arrow while I'm hidden, get sneak attack, and I'll do some damage. Cool. That's me. That's, <laughs> that's my turn. Um, yeah. And, but it's it, good. But like, I like being the supporting role because mm-hmm. I've added in part of like cleric as well so I can heal. Yeah. So I'm like, my character's quite supporting, but I do always look for opportunities to do something silly because yes. it's like, well, otherwise I'm just standing here going... Yeah, exactly. Okay, I want to do something cool. Well, I I did it originally because I could have literally, because no one could see me, because my stealth was stupid high because I was a rogue. I think I had plus 13 to stealth or something like that. So I was literally just like, and I was invisible. So Mm. like no one could see me. And then I'd roll, you know, at advantage for stealth and I'd get like 33 or something like that, you know, something something ridiculous. Um, So I could have literally for like 10 rounds because it lasted a minute. I could have just sat there and done nothing. But I was like, that's not very fun. So I'm going to drop invisibility and I'll cast Crown of Madness on someone and try and control them and do this other stuff. And that was really, really fun. (laughs) It was great. That's the problem is the best way to play it often is just not doing anything. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We did did that for me and Luke did that for a bit when we got into... Luke's plan to get into the castle as we were sneaking around the edges and we found all the sally ports that were like locked. We were like, hmm, can't get in here. Mm. Luke's plan then was to shout up to the guards, like being like, come on then. You laugh. <laughs> they were like, and they just obviously started shooting arrows off the, yeah. off the battlements and chucking stuff down. And it was like, Luke, they're not going to come out of the castle. She went, come on then. Come on then. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was where we found us. So I hid in the doorway for a good three rounds while I was like, um, maybe they'll come down. I don't know. Yeah, I'll just Not really sit sure. I'm this wait out. out the arrows. Yeah. Uh, um. Anyway, that should probably wrap this this podcast up. Uh, thank you guys for for listening. Please send in more emails because I am running short on them. Pete at restock dot com. Uh, send those in. Although they'll be for the AEW stream next week. So also email Laurie at wrestletalk dot com for emails for the NXT one, mm-hmm. I guess. So do that. Uh, we'll be back uh, on Tuesday. Ollie and myself will be doing the Raw review. 
Yeah, I'm on Raw now. Oh my god, I'm on three podcasts this week. Next week. I need loads of emails. Everyone email me, please. It doesn't matter what it says. Just email me, please. PeterRestalk.com um, <clears throat> Thank you very much for listening. Love you all. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.